If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon, where you will get this episode and all of our episodes ad-free. And you can see our video episode, including this one right now, where you'll see my beautiful face and the guest's beautiful face. Who doesn't love that? And I am so excited to announce that all of you can get a one-week free trial on our Patreon. Join the ITBR professor level and you unlock all of Mary's True Crime and Academia Patreon episodes, our rewatch show, including Queer as Folk and Smash. You can even listen to us dissect Scream and The Exorcist. And I heard, rumor has it, that we have an upcoming Fall of the House of Usher episode. And yes, even a Saltburn episode, which is going to be quite riveting. So head to patreon.com backslash ivory tower boiler room, join the one week free trial and see what you're missing out on. And while you're at it, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ivory tower boiler room, rate, follow, and subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Thanks so much. And I hope that you enjoy all of our ivory tower boiler room episodes. Hey, true crime friends, welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Married to Pippi. I hope you all had a wonderful week this week. I worked my last week from home, you know, from surgery and everything, you know, and I do feel comfortable to go back into the office next week. I had my post op this morning um, and I had gotten my test results back on Tuesday, which, you know, they, it's not that they were bad. It's just, they revealed a diagnosis that I was not aware that I had. So, basically, the tissue that they thought and, you know, I assumed was fatty tissue They had that tested and that came back as like endometriosis. So it's, you know, again, it's not like the worst thing ever, but as someone who wants to have children, it's definitely disconcerting. Um, especially since there's that tissue 
all the way up by my belly button. Um, you know, obviously there are a lot of variables, you know, and <laughs> I've been really trying hard not to jump to conclusions as to what my endometriosis situation looks like. And I, I completely 100% understand how in a lot of ways lucky that I am. You know, there are a lot of women out there or people with uteruses who go through the unfortunate rigmarole that is just the science that is available plus, you know, insurance policies and, you know, co-pays and, uh, you know, that whole situation, the politics of that. So... It's very hard to get diagnosed, and the tests that are available that aren't totally invasive, you know, they're expensive, and they don't always say, they don't definitively say, you know, one way or the other. So, in that way, I got lucky because, again, you know, I had direct tissue from surgery, in, you know, my abdominal cavity area, um, you know, belly button specifically, like that tissue tested. So, you know, it is more cut and dry for me, you know, than someone else who, you know, has had more severe symptoms. And that's another thing too, like realizing or, cause I mean, Unfortunately, like, one in ten women go undiagnosed with endometriosis. So, you know, it's very possible that, you know, I didn't have symptoms. I mean, but also, like, I've always felt like I've had painful and heavy periods. Just, again, it just never felt like it was to the extent of endometriosis. So to find out that I have it, like I said, it's just a complete and utter shock. And I'm just concerned about, you know, the fact that that tissue has made its way that far up. Is it anywhere else? If it is anywhere else, has it done any damage? So, yeah. And again, like I said, as someone who wants to have kids, that is a little concerning. I'm, you know, in the process of figuring out, you know, I've made all the necessary appointments. But, um, yeah, you know, so I just thought I would share that. So, um, maybe, you know, women, people with uteruses out there, if you think maybe your symptoms aren't as bad, you know, if you can, maybe try and see if you can um, maybe get that diagnosis or, you know, can figure out what is going on. Again, you know, just advocate for yourself, advocate for your health, all of the things. Obviously, with this disease, it's a completely different animal, but... Yeah, you know, so 
that's, you know, been going on with me. Otherwise, you know, surgery was successful, has been successful. You know, I'm healing properly as far as I can tell. Like, and, you know, as far as the nurse told me at my post-op appointment today. So, you know, just working towards being a healthier human being. Healthier and happier human being. But, yeah, so that's what's been going on with me. Um, without any further ado, let's get into this news update, shall we? So, Tim, the Toolman Taylor's oldest son on Home Improvement, actor Zachary Ty Bryant, just can't stay out of the news. He has been arrested again for a felony DUI. The incident took place in La Quinta slash Riverside County area in California last Saturday evening. There are no other details at this time other than that he is scheduled to appear in court on April 23rd. Honestly, I mean, I just feel like he... I feel like maybe he's just mentally not in a good place. And, you know, that he just really needs help. And I hope he can get that help because it's, you know, it's a shame. It's sad to see that his... Like, like, again, I've been covering him. It just seems that he's on a very self-destructive path. And I hope that he can, you know, turn it around for himself. The search for Melashia Shantabia Hogue, 17-year-old South Carolina girl, who was reported missing on Valentine's Day, has sadly been found dead. The teenager was scheduled to be induced on February 13th, but never showed up for her appointment. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm curious to know like, if her parents were trying to follow the whole 48-hour quote-unquote rule that if you listen to my interview with Creme de la Crime host Sam, you'll know that that isn't actually true. It doesn't exist. It's not real. And you can report someone missing sooner than that. Or if it was just the type of relationship that she had with her parents and loved ones. But because May Lashia wasn't reported missing until the day after her missed appointment. You know, I'm just curious as to the circumstances personally. You know... Because I feel a lot of people would just totally jump the gun and find a reason to judge other people's relationships, you know, with their families. But I think we need to recognize that, you know, we all have a different definition of what constitutes a normal family, you know, and that this just could have been the first time someone realized that she was missing. According to the Hogg family, her body was found in a ditch on Perry Street, just outside of a park. Anyone with information about the case is urged to email SLED, capital S-L-E-D, at tips at SLED dot S-C dot gov. And just to spell that phonetically, that's T as in Tom, I, P as in Peter, S as in Sam, at S as in Sam, L as in Lawrence, E is in Edward, D is in David, 
dot, S is in Sam, C is in Charlie, dot, G is in George, O is in Ostrich, V is in Victor. It also seems that a man named Michael Still is also considered missing. I'm not 100% sure if these two missing person or that this missing persons and this murder are related. It kind of seems maybe like it might be. Um, but it looks like he's been missing since February 6th. So, but he was reported missing around the same area as Hog. So, I'm not 100% sure, but, you know, if you have any information on him as well, I think you can contact that same email address. Mommy blogger influencer Ruby Frankie and her mommy influencer partner Jody Hildebrandt have been sentenced to four consecutive sentences of 1 to 15 years in prison by a Utah district court this past Tuesday. Ruby and Jody pled guilty to four counts of second-degree aggravated child abuse and six counts of felony child abuse. The two women were arrested in August of 2023 after police found one of Frankie's sons starved with open wounds and bound with duct tape. He had escaped from the Hildebrand's home to a neighbor's. One of the Frankie's daughters was also found in a similar state. I personally hate mommy accounts. I don't think it's ever okay to use your children you know, or exploit your children for your own financial gain. There is definitely a very fine line between those, you know, parents who support their children's ambitions, who, you know, want to be in front of the camera, who want to be entertainers and, you know, maybe are more willing to do these things versus those who just flat outright exploit their children's talents whether they like it or not you know these women definitely did not care about the well-being of their children you know whether that's because of their own childhood trauma or familiar trauma I really don't know again once you become an adult that's not really an excuse anymore (laughs) you know it's a fucked up reason but it's still not an excuse Home Alone's favorite annoying older brother, Buzz, a.k.a. actor Devin Rattray, has pled guilty to two charges of domestic violence relating to a 2021 arrest in which Rattray was charged for punching and strangling his then-girlfriend. The violent incident occurred after the two had gotten into an argument at the bar Not like that's really an excuse. I don't know the name of the specific bar. Again, not that that really matters. But the initial trial date was delayed last month after the actor was hospitalized. Although it is unclear what he was hospitalized for. It did seem though that he was in the ICU and was in critical condition. Aside from the domestic violence charges, it is possible that a 2017 rape report that alleges 
the actor to be the rapist in this particular report. Um, so it also, that report might be reinvestigated. So I will keep you all posted with that. But that is the news update. To my patrons, if you liked having the first part like videotaped, please let me know via any of the social media outlets at True Crime in Academia on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, or at TC in Academia on uh, X slash Twitter. You know, let me know if you like it or not. Um, Real quick, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we are going to get into this week's case. So you all know that I am such a fan of musical theater and classic movies, so I can't wait for you all to listen to one of my good friend's podcasts. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema, hosted by Christian Garcia. It's a podcast that looks at classic cinema films that we know and love. And he was inspired by Turner Classic Movies and The Great Movie Ride. Remember that amazing ride where the Wicked Witch of the West rose up in a burst of flame in Disney? That was one of my favorite rides. I'm so sad it closed. So while looking at classic films, Christian is so excited to look at it with a queer lens. And he brings on friends like myself to talk about all of these films. I was on the first episode when we discussed The Sound of Music. I've been on an episode of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. He just released an episode about the Philadelphia story. He's done Meet Me in St. Louis, Sweet Charity, Psycho, Mary Poppins, Hello, Dolly. He had on Down the Yellow Brick Road hosts and the Garland Gab hosts to talk about The Wizard of Oz. So make sure that you listen to That Old Gay Classic Cinema on Apple and Spotify and follow him on TikTok and Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Okay, start watching the classic movies and make sure you listen to Christian's podcast. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog. So you can see all of this on glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Remember, you get 50% off your subscription of the GL Review magazine when you use the promo code ITBR50. That's 50% off your print or digital subscription when you use promo code ITBR50. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, Visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Are you a fan of LGBTQ plus books, plays, movies, TV shows? 
Well, then I have the magazine for you. It's called the Gay and Lesbian Review. The GNLR is a bi-monthly magazine of history, culture, and politics that publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies. Each issue brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme, and it brings together the leading minds on the topic. So I just had on Dr. Richard Schneider Jr., the founder and editor-in-chief of the GNLR, for the GNLR's 30th anniversary. Happy birthday, GNLR. Dr. Richard Schneider talked about their special volume called Outer Appearances, More Faces from the Annals of the GNLR, illustrations by Charles Heffling. They cover current LGBTQ artists such as Harvey Firestein, Melissa Etheridge, Alan Cumming, James Whiteside, Alison Bechdel, and even David Sedaris, and of course, many others like Stephen Sondheim. There's even a supplemental issue that comes with your commemorative volume. And Andrew Halloran, the writer of Dancer from the Dance, he reviews a book called Morris about E.M. Farster's Morris, written by one of our ITBR guests, David Grevin. So we can't wait for you all to experience this beautiful 30th anniversary GNLR issue. Have you heard some of my GNLR interviews, including Dr. Andrew Lear's discussion about male-male love in ancient Greek society and Ignacio Darnad opening and blasting the closet door in the queer male art world? Well, Definitely make sure you listen to them after this episode. Head to glreview.org. Make sure you subscribe to their magazine. You'll see there's a section that says subscribe at the top. Enter the promo code ITBR50. That's ITBR50 to receive 50% off, 50% off any print or digital subscription. Enjoy your reading. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I'm really excited to talk to you all about one of our ITBR sponsors, Broadview Press. Broadview Press is an independent academic publisher in the humanities that produces high-quality, pedagogically useful books for use in university and college classrooms. They publish mainly in English studies, writing, philosophy, and history. They are always publishing with an eye towards diversity, building a strong list of titles from women, people of color, and authors from other marginalized groups. If you haven't heard my Broadview Press interviews, you need to. Recently, I just had on Dr. Shannon Day, who talked about her book, Beyond the Binary, Thinking About Sex and Gender. And in the summer, I had on Dr. Jason Holt, who gave us all a comprehensive history of what it means to be a philosopher who studies sporting culture. And of course, we went back to ancient Greek literature, mythology, history to look at the roots of athleticism. And... Last year, I had on Dr. Jeffrey Andrew Weinstock, who's actually going to be coming on the podcast soon to give his thoughts on the new Fall of the House of Usher Netflix series. He talked all about pop culture for beginners. And Broadview Press is offering an exclusive discount because of our sponsorship. So head to broadviewpress.com where you're going to see such a wide range of literature. Use the code Ivory Tower, I V O R Y. T-O-W-E-R for 20% off site-wide all of their books. Again, it's broadviewpress.com. Enjoy your reading.
Heather Nicole Maples was born on August 23, 1992, in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, to parents Jennifer Hunter and Darren Maples. She is one of three children between her two parents, and I'm not sure like if her parents got divorced or if they were just never married in the first place, but it seems that her siblings might be from other marriages. But at some point, Heather and her family moved to Royce City, Texas. And from what I could tell, it seems that that's where Heather grew up. Now, by all accounts, it seems that Heather had a normal, loving upbringing. Her friends and family described her as being a relentless optimist with a contagious smile. She lived life to the fullest, and her compassion for others and vibrant personality were an inspiration to those who knew her. In 2015, Heather, now 22, was ready to make a change and start a new chapter of her life. She had been accepted to Middle Tennessee State University and planned to study psychology and pursue her dream of becoming a counselor. Her younger brother, Ryan, from it looks like her mother's relationship or mother's marriage, had developmental disabilities, and she really helped out a lot with him and taking care of him. And just in general, though, she was driven really to help people, which truly is just such a beautiful thing. I mean, to be willing to be so selfless day in and day out for, you know, complete strangers, people you have no, you know, relationship with or otherwise, and really just put yourself out there to really help and take care of them and, you know, provide all of the, you know, provide the assistance that they need and such, you know, I think is just... Like I said, it's just, I think it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing and a beautiful trait for that matter. Heather made the move from Texas to Murfreesboro, Tennessee that January and got a job working as a leasing agent at the Cove at Center Point apartment complex where she was also living. I mean, talk about an easy commute to work. Um, There's actually a woman that I follow on TikTok. Her name is Tay Bryce. She has a similar setup. She lives in a trailer park and she works in the office for it. And like, if you've ever seen her TikTok videos, you know that her house is insane. But I love her videos when it's like, she'll be like mornings in the trailer park and it's her. She gets ready for the most part and then puts like some of her hair and makeup tools in her bag and then she just walks herself to work and then goes through the office you know and gets ready there but again like that's just such an awesome setup and like so cool I'm always curious I couldn't find anything to suggest this but I was curious to see if like maybe this apartment complex had either like a deal with the school or if like you know, it was maybe owned by the school. So like it was maybe like a student working situation. I'm not sure. But either way, awesome. I think that's just so cool that she got a job working where she lives. Now, I didn't find anything specific. Um, I know I have a link in my sources as Oxygen. 
I did not watch the episode, so there might be some more information there. But it seemed like she was really enjoying her time up there. Like, she was making friends, she was going out, doing things, and, I mean, obviously she had a job. But it seemed like she was really fitting in well. And I just want to point out, like, how insane, not, I shouldn't say insane, but how challenging and stressful it must have been for her to go to a new state that's pretty far away from you know her home her family and just you know uproot herself and completely settle somewhere else for this time to pursue this dream um I think you guys I've mentioned this before my sister went to Belgium for a year in school to study abroad and you know I just always am so like, I guess just in awe of people who are able to just, like I said, pick up their lives, go somewhere else for, you know, especially education purposes. You know, I think that's just, to me, that's insane. But I admire people who could do that, like Heather and my sister. On August 7th, 2015, Heather uncharacteristically failed to show up for work. Her friend and co-worker, a woman named Kelsey Price, decided to check in on her. Heather's door was unlocked, but Kelsey wasn't concerned because Heather rarely locked it. Which is kind of another reason I'm wondering if like, maybe this is like a college-owned apartment type of situation. Um, you know, but then again, there are just people who feel really when they're really comfortable just leave their doors unlocked so you know not judging but in this case it wasn't anything nefarious or at least it didn't seem to be kelsey walked in and went into heather's room she found her lying on the bed she tapped on her foot trying to wake her up but sadly heather would never wake up again Police arrived on the scene at around 9.30 a.m. Blood splatter covered the walls. Heather's body was lying face down, and she had two lacerations on her head, marks on her neck suggesting strangulation, and one of her fingernails had been torn off. I mean, it was truly, truly a gruesome scene for investigators to walk in on. I think before even the autopsy was even performed, they could even tell right away that she had been sexually assaulted, which we'll get into in just a second. The perpetrator, thankfully, was reckless and left behind a bloodied fingerprint on top of the bedsheet, or close to the top, I should say. The autopsy determined that Heather, like I said, had been sexually assaulted, like it confirmed what police had thought and also revealed that her cause of death was a combination of blunt force trauma and asphyxiation. So again, I mean, just absolutely brutal. And it's just horrific to know that, like, she suffered so much before she was murdered. Like, obviously murder is bad enough, but, like, to add like the sexual assault and the clear signs of a struggle and her putting up a fight, I mean... Uh, it's uh, it's just it's absolutely absolutely horrific what was done to her 
I am here in Port Jefferson, New York, on Long Island, in one of my favorite stores. It is the Soapbox NY, a Bath and Body Boutique. I'm here with one of the co-owners, Janine. Hi, Janine. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Thank you. Good. So I know you have many winter scents to walk us through. So let's yes. get started. This is from company Michelle Design Works, another one of our favorites. Room spray that you can use any room in your house, just kind of freshens up the room a bit. And what is this by Michelle Design Also Works? by Michelle Design Works is Winter Blooms, one of their new scents this holiday season. It's great. It's um, a hand wash. You can use it in your kitchen or your bathroom. And then here is something to follow it up with. Exactly. It's a hand and body lotion. And then what is this beautiful decorative candle here? One of our favorites that we actually sell mm. all year round because it's so popular. This is the scent of Fraser Fur by Times. I think I'm becoming addicted to it. Yes. I think you are because you already own one, I believe. I own one and it is a decorative candle for me because I'm about to open it, but it's just in such I know the packaging a beautiful is, package. I don't know what's better, the packaging or the scent. I'm using it wonderful. as a holiday decoration. So cool. I'll get to the candle eventually, everyone. Well, but it's wonderful because with Times and their Fraser Fur, not only do they carry the candles, but they also make it in the sense in the diffuser, in soap, the hand lotion, the um, the hand soap. It's just a great line and a great scent. So, Janine, how can everyone out there get their hands on your hand and body and even pajama products? Well, we'd be more than happy to see you in our shop. We're located at 18 Chandler Square in Port Jefferson Village. You could always call us to place an order. We're happy to ship to you. Our phone number is 631-509-1424. You can place an order on our website, soapboxny.com. And you could also find us on Instagram or TikTok at the soapboxny. So many options. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for all of you out there to just enjoy what I love so much about the Soapbox NY. So with yeah, that, thank you so much. Happy winter, everyone. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. And when I'm not here on the podcast, I am consulting with small businesses, undergraduate students, graduate students, podcasters, and those in media. So if you're curious about the work that I've done with my consultation services, you could just type me in on Google, Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and you'll see a few reviews pop up. I've worked on college admission essays for undergraduate students. I've revamped and expanded a small business's social media marketing campaign right here in Port Jefferson, New York. And I've also worked on a graduate student's thesis for her physician assistant program. So if you want to seek me out or inquire about my consultation services, just email me. That's the easiest way to reach me at ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. That's easy to remember. And tis the season for college admission essays, both undergraduate and graduate, thesis writing, dissertation writing. Um, do you want to create a podcast and you don't know where to begin? Media work. Um, how to open a TikTok, how to start creating videos on TikTok, what to do with your Instagram, all of that I have done. So just reach out to me. The holiday season may be behind us, but guess what's lurking around the corner? Picture that little baby with a bow and arrow. Yes, Valentine's Day is almost here. And I'm thinking of what gift can I get that my boyfriend will absolutely love and gush over? Well, 
he is a horror movie fanatic. So I think I have just the thing that he'll die for, pun intended. My good friend Mandy Bangle is the owner of Mandy Made It, a craft company where she specializes in crochet and pre-cut handmade gifts. So whether your partner is a horror movie fanatic, I'm sure that they have a TV show they love. Maybe there's a book that they love, a music artist, a sports team that they cheer for. Mandy has you covered from shirts, hats, beanie hats, which I love to wear at the gym, car decals, beer and coffee koozies, keychains, stuffed animals, signs that you want to put all over your apartment. She is ready to create any customized order. So head to Instagram right now, type in at Mandy made it. That's M A N D E E made it slide into her DMS. And she is ready to start working on your order. Just send her a few ideas. You could say, Hey, my boyfriend really loves horror movies or Hey, my boyfriend really loves the Broadway musical wicked. I'm sure she will figure out some concoction for you and say that you heard her ad on the ivory tower boiler room because she's going to give you an exclusive ITBR free gift. She's also working on a new line of ITBR merchandise. So I can't wait to share all of that information with you. Make sure you mention at ivory tower boiler room when your gift arrives from Mandy. So I can share it out on our Instagram. I hope you all enjoy your gifts. Investigators immediately sent the fingerprint out for analysis because even though I feel like some procedural crime dramas are getting out a little bit better, like that shit takes a lot of time, like a lot more than I think people would think it does. It takes definitely a lot longer than the few hours or minutes, you know, that the shows make it seem like it takes. But, you know, it actually takes like days They also started looking into Heather's whereabouts from the night before. They believed that Heather had been killed just hours before her body was discovered. They found out that Heather had gone bar hopping with a few friends and was dropped off at her apartment at around 2.15 a.m. This led police to investigate a friend of Heather's, a man named Michael, who had shown up at Heather's apartment with her keys while police were investigating her apartment, a.k.a. the crime scene. Now, Mike had been the person to drive Heather home that night, but before he did, he told police that the two of them went to go get some food. You know, we all know how it is. You're out late, you're drinking. You need some greasy, amazing, sometimes fast food, diner food to sustain you until, you know, so you can get into bed and like, do the things to sort of take care of yourself before you just completely pass out in your bed, however you fall into it. He also stated that when he dropped her off, he waited for her to go inside before leaving home that morning. I mean, I know he's under investigation for murder at this point, but like I can appreciate a man or a person in general who waits for you to get inside after they drop you off, you know? And I just feel like that's the respectful, like, human thing to do, you know? Like, if you care about someone, yeah, you. I mean, I know, like, 
you know, you're usually not dropping them far from their house, but like weirder shit has happened and it's a good thing to know that people got inside safe and you know god forbid what if when they walked in the door they realized something was wrong at least you were there to possibly assist and help you know in any way that you can hopefully heather though did what most of us do when we go bar hopping and have to be dropped off not have to be but like you know you're doing the responsible thing because you are planning on having one too many drinks so she leaves her keys in Mike's car and it would be a few hours before he realized that he even had her keys so that's why when he showed up and he had her keys that's why like that happened Michael also submitted his DNA and in conjunction with the results from that and the security footage from the bar and restaurant they were able to rule him out entirely as a suspect investigators now knew that they needed to figure out how to get into Heather's phone, but they really didn't have any ideas as to what her passcode could be. So they turned to Kelsey, her friend and coworker for help. I don't know if she was able to like, look maybe at other work passwords or if they were just close enough that she would have an idea of what her passcode could be, but she was able to help the police figure it out. Once inside Heather's phone, police searched through her text messages. They found that Heather had texted a friend named Ardavio and invited him to come over at around 2.30 a.m. Police, of course, brought him in for questioning. When they asked him about the text messages, he told police that he didn't respond at the time because he was with someone else. Sexually, I'm assuming. Because that's, I mean generally why most men wouldn't text you back they're either doing the dirty or they're with someone that they like now art avio did not know that heather was dead and was in complete and total shock when police asked for his dna as part of heather's murder investigation he submitted a sample for analysis and thankfully along with his alibi and the results from the dna they were able to rule him out as a suspect. So, unfortunately, police, while following up with these, you know, logical, credible leads, are just falling short every single time. And, you know, again, it has nothing to do with them. It's just the way that this, the clues are leading them. But, thankfully, they do get a break because the fingerprint analysis that they had sent over from like immediately in the investigation finally after eight days got a match see this is what I mean like it takes days in this case a week and a day (laughs) before it could get a match the fingerprint belonged to a man a senior at Middle Tennessee State University named Brandon Bowling His fingerprints weren't on file for any nefarious reasons. He had gotten a job that he had applied for in the past. Um, Sometimes you have to do that, you know, especially like if they're moving forward. It sounds like they were moving forward with him like for the three month probationary period. It sounds like. So anyway, that's why they had him. It's not because he had any sort of criminal record, which is interesting. But don't forget, just because someone doesn't have a criminal record, doesn't mean they aren't capable of doing really heinous shit. Police went back and looked at the surveillance footage from the restaurant bar. 
And guess who was in it? It was Brandon. So, of course, the police brought him in for questioning. Brandon Bowling told police that he had nothing to do with Heather's murder. He stated that he knew Heather and had been to her apartment where they've had sex before, but that that was two months ago and he hadn't been back to her apartment since. Just like Mike and Artavio, Bowling was asked and agreed to submit his DNA. But just like his fingerprints, the DNA came back as a match. And it seemed like there were 12 samples that they took DNA from. And he came back as a match to every single one. He was arrested and charged with first degree murder on August 7th, 2015. Now, aside from the DNA evidence, police also made a horrifying discovery when they were able to get and search Bowling's phone. He had recorded himself raping and murdering Heather. <sighs> I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because let's face it, we there is an understanding that some killers, depending on their, you know, what's going on with them mentally, that they sometimes like to keep trophies. However, I, I still just don't, I just, I still can't understand it. I can't understand it. At trial, Bowling was charged with 12 counts in the indictment. This included six counts of rape, two counts of sexual battery, two counts of aggravated rape, one count of first-degree murder, and one count of first-degree premeditated murder. His initial trial date was scheduled for June of 2018, but he decided to take a plea deal from the prosecution. Bowling was given 40 years to be served in its entirety. He pleaded to second-degree murder and aggravated rape while all of the other charges were dropped. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, he's going to be away for a very long time and isn't going to be out until he's an old man. So, I mean, in some ways that's good, but... and. From what I saw, like, the judge was pretty much like, no, there's no way you can basically be up for parole to get out any earlier. Like, you're not going to be able to get out any earlier for, like, good behavior. Like, you need to serve these 40 years, like, in its entirety. So, again, like, <sighs> I guess that's a good thing. But I don't know. The fact that he's only, he's pleading to, like, a sec I guess, like, a lesser murder charge... And, and I don't understand why aggravated rape is even a thing. Like, rape is always aggravated. So, in my opinion, anyway. So, yeah. You know. But he is locked up. He's going to be locked up for a very long time. Um, I did see statements from Heather's mother stating that, you know, even though he's not going to try I mean I think she's happy that they're I'm glad that they don't have to go through the trial let me just say that because that's you know an absolutely traumatizing experience from what I've researched and I can't even imagine oh my god um you know but for her she's like at least you know he's pleaded that basically pleaded guilt he's pleaded guilty he's admitted that he's done this so you know any of the facts that come 
up afterwards, you know, even though he may not be charged for these other things, the information is out there and, you know, people can know the truth. But, you know, again, like I said, in jail for a very long time. So that is all I have for you, my loves. Please stay safe out there. Do all of the things. I am going to be enjoying, hopefully enjoying, (laughs) my yoga teacher training. It's going to be weird having to sit out and kind of just watch most of it. But, you know, girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on social media at True Crime and Academia on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok, and at TC and Academia on X slash Twitter. If you would like to access this episode ad-free and the others ad-free, go to patreon.com slash Room and become a subscriber today. You will also have access to bonus episodes as well. Until next time, my loves, please stay safe out there, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, not just physically, but mentally. And until next time, I will see you all later.